Amen. What a wonderful name, Jesus. What a wonderful name. You never know what's going to take place when you let Brother Jim get up. I, didn't, I wasn't sure what was going to take place. But I'll be honest with you, that's true. He should be Lord, Lord of our lives. If you're not saved, he needs to be Lord of your life in salvation first. But if you are saved, he needs to be Lord every day of your life, amen, leading and guiding in your life. We've been in a series that uh, we've titled uh, By Faith, Not By Sight. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, the Bible says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We've preached through different ones in the Bible, and, and you can go even beyond what we've preached, that at some point in their life, they walk by sight instead of by faith. They reverse the verse, you might say. And so we've been looking at their lives and the outcome and, and hopefully how to deal with it and not let it happen in our lives. We preached about Eve who was deceived when she walked by sight and not by faith. We preached about Lot who had destruction brought into his life because he walked by sight, not by faith. We preached about Samson, one of the strongest men or the strongest man, you might say, that has ever lived and how that he was defeated because he begin to walk by sight and not by faith. And we preached about Peter who became distracted because he began to sink. And it's because he began to put his faith in what was on around him. And he was walking by sight, looking at things, the winds and the storm, instead of walking by faith and trusting Jesus Christ who was standing even before him. And then we preached about Thomas doubting the Lord had even risen because he was uh, walking by sight, thinking about what he had last seen, the sight that he had seen as Jesus was on that cross as they took that body and laid it in the tomb. And he began to walk by sight and not by faith, trusting what Jesus Christ had already told him before that uh, he was crucified. He told him that he would be crucified. He told him that he would be laid in a tomb. He told him that he would rise again. And yet they could, he could not see that. He was walking by sight. You know, it never turns out good when you walk by sight and not by faith. In your life and my life, when we get to a place where we're walking by what we see instead of by what we know of Jesus Christ, we're in trouble. Let me remind you again of what walking by faith means. It, when we walk by faith is when a person trusts the Lord, when we trust the Word of God and obeys the leadership of the Holy Spirit instead of what we see or how our flesh, our flesh feels or what others say or do. That's walking by faith, and never has there been a, a, a greater need than today for Christians to walk by faith and not by sight. When we look around, we see a lot of things discouraging. We see a lot of things that are difficult. We see a lot of things that would get you down, things that would lead you away from the Lord. And so we need to walk by faith and not by sight. Today we're going to look at a man that is called a man after God's own heart, David. Most of us are very familiar with David. I love reading about David. I love about the, how that God used David. And the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. And I want us to look at here today at him. And, and uh, he's a man that lived at, trying to please the Lord. And then one day he gets all out of step and walks after sight and not by faith. And it causes him to reap some undesired consequences undesired consequences in his life. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 11. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. If you're able to this morning, 2 Samuel chapter 11. 
The life of David is an amazing life. How that from a young man, how that God used him in a tremendous way and the hand and spirit of God was rested upon uh, David and he used him in a powerful way to lead Israel. But he too is made of flesh and he too fails at times. 2 Samuel chapter 11, beginning reading verse 1, says, And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David, and said, I am with child. I'm not going to go on down and read all this. Most of you know the story well, how that David sent for Uriah, her husband. He sends and brings Uriah in, and he has a plan connived in his mind. I'll bring him home. I'll send him to his house. He'll be with his wife, and then it'll look as though the baby is his. So Uriah comes home, and he comes and he tells David of how the, the battle went, and how it's going there, and, and everything that's taken place. And so David says, why don't you tarry here? And he said, go down to your house, wash your feet, go down to your house, and be with your wife. And so he, David also commands the servants to put together a whole bunch of food, and and everything, and sins with him, like a, a party getting back together. But Uriah does something different. Uriah goes and sleeps in the gate of David's servants. He doesn't go to the house. David finds out, and he asks him, he said, why didn't you go down there? And he said, well, he said, my comrades, you might say, the other soldiers, they're, they're out on the battlefield sleeping in the tents and sleeping on the ground, and and they're eating what little food they have there. And why should I go to my house and be with my wife and enjoy the pleasures of, of my home and all that when they're out on the battlefield fighting? A lot of character in a man like that. And so David gets him drunk and tries to get him to go home. But again, he doesn't go home. So David decides the only way that I can take care of this is I've got to do away with Uriah. So he sends a letter to Joab to have Uriah put in the heat of the battle up at the closest part of the, of the, the, the battle where the, 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 the battle is the worst and, and then withdraw from him and that he might be killed in battle. And so uh, Joab does that and Uriah is killed. We find that word comes back to David that Uriah is dead and we Pick up in verse 26, it says, And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when, she, when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife, and bare him a son. But notice what it says in the last part there. It says, But these things that David had done displeased the Lord. 
David had pleased the Lord in so many ways. But here's something that stood out as a great displeasure unto the Lord. In verse 2, verse 2 will be our text. It says, And it came to pass in the evening time that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, notice what it says. He saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Undesired Consequences. Let's pray. Father, we come and we ask, Lord, that you'd be with us. And Lord, when we truly, when we walk by sight and not by faith, there'll be undesired consequences. So Lord, I pray that you'd be with us now. Help us to draw near to you, serve you, live for you, magnify you, exalt you, Lord, before this world that they might see you and not us, because we do fail you. But Lord, I pray that you'd be with us this morning. If there's be someone here that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, they've never come to that place where they've repented of their sin, asked you to come into heart and life and save them, Lord. I pray that today might be that day. But every Christian here, Lord, help us to determine to walk by faith and not by sight. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. As I looked at this, I began to wonder, why is it that a man like David, from a young man who fought a lion and a bear and the power of God and, and defeated them and then fought... Goliath and defeated him and was a great leader in the armies and won the battles. And, and even when he had opportunity to kill Saul, when Saul was trying to kill him, he, he wouldn't touch him because he said that, that Saul was God's anointed and he wouldn't lay his hand upon God's anointed. And we see the, the godliness all through the life of David. And he wasn't a perfect person. No one is. He had his problems, but you see how through the Psalms and the different writings in the, in the Old Testament, how that David lived for God. He's the type of person you say, man, I, I, I want to pattern my life after this man until you read something like this. And I thought, how did he get to this place? Here he's, he's got several wives uh, and he's got concubines and he has anything he wants, but now he's doing something that he knows is totally against what God says to do. Totally against it. So I begin to look here. Well, look with me here in verse 1. And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabah. But David tarried still in Jerusalem. David tarried still in Jerusalem. Notice that it was a time when all the kings went out to battle. It would be probably somewhere in April or May, uh, something of that nature, when the winter has passed and the weather is more fitting for them to go out and, and to conquer and do different things uh, and to fight the battles that where people had rebelled against the kingdom and, and go out and retake uh, those areas that maybe somebody, another king had captured maybe the year before or whatever it might be. And the kings would go out and whether they was in the very forefront and David many times was in the very forefront of the battle leading the charge. But now he's at Jerusalem and he sends Joab, the captain of his army, and his other servants and he's tarrying, he's tarrying still at Jerusalem. Could I put across to you this way that I think what happened here to begin with, David became comfortable where he was. David became comfortable 
where he was. What I mean by that, David was a great warrior and king. He, he led these men. But David had become comfortable in his palace, a place of luxury and, and comfort. And, and David had also become prosperous. So now he sends out Joab to lead in the battle and he remains at the palace. He's become comfortable. One of the first steps, could I say, in your life, in my life, in your spiritual life, is that of getting away from the Lord is that that will cause us to begin to walk by sight and not by faith is to become comfortable and resign in the battle. We become comfortable and everything's okay and no longer fighting the battle for the Lord. We're no longer staying engaged in what's taking place spiritually. We've come a long way and now we've, we've grown to a place where, yeah, it's, it's, there's a battle out there, but... I'm going to let somebody else fight the battle. I'm going to let somebody else go to war. I'm going to let somebody else take the stand. I'm going to let somebody else read the Bible. I'm going to let somebody else do the praying. I'm going to let somebody else. And we become comfortable. And we resign from the duties of leading in the battle in our own lives spiritually. The battle keeps you on your knees. When you're in a battle and things are going against you, you find a place to pray. It keeps you on your knees. When you're in the battle, the battle keeps you relying on the Lord. When the battle comes and it's raging around you and you don't know what to do, you're on your knees, you're relying on God, Lord, I can't do this myself, I need you, and you're walking by faith and not by sight. The battle keeps you on your knees, keeps you relying on the Lord, and the battle keeps you walking by faith. Trust in the Lord. I look at my life and I look back over the years when in different things in my life, how that God has worked and how that I had to rely upon God in, in so many areas and, and trust Him. And you can do, say the same thing. You couldn't see the end of it. There was a battle, spiritually speaking, and, and you needed the Lord. And so you was trusting God to help you through it. The battle exercises that faith. And it keeps it strong. In you. you see, when you get comfortable and when you sit down, it's a lot easier. Uh, hunters ask me a lot of times, they say, hey, you need to get a Y membership, go with me and play some ball, do some exercise and everything. And, and can I tell you, I know that I need to. But boy, I tell you what, at the end of the day, it's just a lot easier to do this. <sighs> Drink a nice big glass of sweet tea. Sit there, relax a little bit, kick the shoes off, get comfortable, and then you really don't want to go. But you know what happens? There's consequences. Consequences. And as you get older, those consequences get greater. Because you even get less desires to do those things. <laughs> and then when you say, well, I think I will. I'll go out and I'll walk today. And then the next day you're so sore, you're like, oh, this ain't worth it. I went out and played some basketball with him the other night. And, and he said, oh, was it intensive? No, we played something easy. Amen. And I thought, boy, if I... If I get too rambunctious here, I'll have trouble tomorrow. 
you know what? We get comfortable spiritually. We get to a place in our life spiritually that we think everything's okay and we get out of the battle. When you're in the battle, man, you're praying. When you're in the battle, you're trusting God. When you're in the battle, there, there, there's that exercise of faith. It's not just, it's not just a, 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 I think I'll do this. No, it was, it's a need to. It keeps you close to God. Keeps you walking in faith. See, the Word of God is plain that we're in a spiritual battle. And it's not time to get comfortable. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your age is. I don't care where you are spiritually. We're in a spiritual battle today. This, this country's in a spiritual battle. The church is in a spiritual battle. Your home is in a spiritual battle. You as an individual are in a spiritual battle. And you can, you can call it what you want, but the Bible calls it a battle. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 it says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. In who? In the Lord. And in the power of His might. Not your strength, not your ability, but His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Notice what he says there in verse 13. He says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. And he goes on and he talks about the, the armor. He says, Having your loins girt about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking, now listen to it, above all, get a hold of that. It says, above all, taking the shield of what? Faith. Of faith. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Oh, hey, hey, how we need to stay engaged in this spiritual battle. Uh, hey, listen, to win the loss to Christ. To, keep, uh, uh, to bring honor and glory to the Lord and to live a life that, that is pleasing unto the Lord. To grow in the Lord and to know Him in a greater way. To worship the Lord and, and even now, not just in eternity, but even now. And listen, we've got to stay engaged in the battle. Because if we don't, we begin to do what David did. We begin to walk upon the house in comfort. We get up off of our bed. That's what he did. Read it again. He got up off of his bed and he was comfortable. And he began to walk around. And what was he doing? He was looking around. And his sight got him in trouble. If he'd been on the battlefield, he'd have been on his knees. If he'd been on the battlefield, he'd have been calling on God. If he'd been on the battlefield, he'd have been trusting the Lord. His eyes would have been on the battle and not upon Bathsheba. So the first step that I think that took place in David's life is that he become comfortable. And he drifted from, from where he should be in that leadership. And he, he wasn't engaged in the battle. Today, we got so many people that are just quitting. They're getting out of church. They're quitting. They're getting out of the battle. Guess what's happening? They're going, their lives are going to be destroyed because they're going to be walking by sight and not by faith. David's eyes began to wander because of this. Look in verse 2. And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from off the bed and walked upon the roof of king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And 
And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him and lay with him, for she was purified from her uncleanness. And she, ret- and she returned unto her house. David's spiritual eyes of faith, the obeying of the Lord, they began to wander. They were overtaken by his fleshly eyes. The lust of his fleshly eyes. He began to wander. He wasn't where he was supposed to be in the battle. He wasn't fighting the battle. So now he's walking by sight. He's looking. He's enjoying uh, all the things that is around him. My friend, I'm not saying that we shouldn't enjoy what God has given us. But my friend, be careful that you don't get your eyes off of the Lord. Amen. David should have been like Joseph. Remember Joseph as Joseph went into the into, into the into his master's house there. The, uh, and he was in... In the master's house, and 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 the, his master's wife uh, wanted him to to lie with her and to be immoral with her, and he wouldn't do it, and he he would leave the house, and 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 then one day uh, when he was in there and there was nobody else in the house, she took a hold of his robe and she wouldn't let him go, so he unloosed the robe and out he went and left the robe behind. He fled from the temptation. That's what David should have done. He should have fled, but instead he inquired. Let me say it again. Instead of fleeing, he inquired. And after the inquiring, he found out some very important information that many times that, that uh, should have made the, the major difference there as a king. He, he could have had uh, any of the ladies that was single. He, he could, they could have come and been his wife. But instead, David finds out after he inquires that this is Uriah the Hittite's wife. David knows the Levitical law. David has seen it happen before where people were caught in adultery, were taken out, and they stoned both of them. David knew that it was against the law of God. David knew that it was wrong. Yet because he was walking by sight and not by faith, he did it anyways. David wandered away from the walk with God. He refused to do what was right. After time, you've got to realize that, Christian, we need to flee. Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 26, 41, He says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Every person in here, including this preacher, we have the same tendencies to fall and to falter and to fail as anybody else. Doesn't matter where you think you are on the spiritual ladder, you have the same ability to falter and to fail as anybody else does. That's why we've got to keep our eyes on the Lord, that's why we've got to walk by faith and not by sight. Because when we get our eyes off of the Lord and when we're not, no longer walking by, by faith and trusting the Word of God and obeying the Word of God, it'll draw us away. When eyes wander from the things of God, that hey, listen, get on your knees and flee to the presence of the Lord. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 22, uh, Paul tells us and writes here, he says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow after righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. 
You see, it's not just the lust of this type that David experienced there that got him in trouble, that will get us in trouble, but many things in our lives. As we look around, as we get our eyes off, Lord, as we're no longer walking by faith and we're walking by sight, there's many things that we can be drawn away to. You see, for the saved, it'll get you into sin. And you this morning that may not know Jesus Christ, your Savior, Satan wants to keep your eyes on, on the things of this world and, and the lust of this world, no matter what it is. He wants to keep your eyes on it so that you won't get saved, to keep you from receiving Jesus Christ, your Savior. You see, Jesus Christ came to, into this world that we might have eternal life. He, we're all sinners. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, he says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single person. As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. None. And he goes on and says, for the wages of sin is death. But I'm so glad he didn't stop there. He says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Romans 5, he says, but God commenth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why would God do that? Because he loves us. Most of us have learned John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's because of his love. Go over Romans chapter 10. It tells us, he said, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. You go down to verse 13. It says, uh, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not might be. Not hope so. But when a person gets to that place where they realize that they're going to a devil's hell, that they're lost without any hope, and they need Jesus Christ as their Savior, they can't make it themselves, and they turn to Him and ask the Lord to forgive them of their sin and come into their heart and life and save them and accept Him as their Savior, He made them promise that He would. So Satan doesn't want you to think about that. Satan doesn't want you to look at that. He wants to get your eyes off that. So he gets your eyes on the world. He gets your eyes on this. He gets your eyes on that. He gets your eyes on this over here. And keeps your mind and heart and life busy with all this other stuff. Offering you this and offering you that. And before long, uh, you'll drop off into a devil's hell forever and ever and ever. Because you didn't accept that faith in Jesus Christ. David also walked by sight. His walk by sight brought undesired consequences. You know, every one of us, there's a lot of things in this life that we wish we hadn't done. And many times it's because of the consequences. Every person here, there's done, you've done something in your life. You think, man, I, I wish I'd have never done that. It brought undesired consequences. Look at verse 3. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And, uh, Hittite? and David sent messengers and took her and came in unto her and lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. But notice the consequences. And the woman conceived and sent and told David that I am with child. Look at the progression of this thing. He saw, he sought out, he sent. He stole or swiped that which wasn't his to take. He sinned and he, just, and he started the undesired consequences. 
perpetual consequences, to be honest with you, that continued on. You see, there's always that downward progression when you walk by sight and not by faith. In James chapter 1, speaks of this, says, But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. And what he's saying is this, that we are in charge of that, of that, uh, 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 of being drawn away. He says we're drawn away of our own lust. Come here. I meant, uh, I don't trust you, so I'll just use a dollar bill. This is Satan. This is temptation. Okay? You can put a name on anything you want to call it. You can put any type of thing in there. It might be uh, 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 the, the, the drugs. It could be immorality. It can be whatever. You, you, you name it. That's, that's what it is. It's sin, okay? It's sin. Here's the thing. If Brother Jimmy over here is the Lord, I'm to keep my eyes on the Lord. To keep watching him. But like David, what David did, instead of keeping his eyes by faith on the Lord and walking by faith and staying in the battle, he began to look around. We're drawn away by our own lust. I see something that looks good. What I have to do, I have to turn from what is really good. When I'm drawn away of my own lust towards that, Satan's going to make sure that he entices you. Can I tell you something? When every, every person, is, I don't care who you are, in your life, you're going to take that look. But it's what you do with that look that makes a difference. David inquired so David did this. He looked around. He seen. He inquired. He sent messengers to bring it unto him. And he took. With that. Came consequences. Remember which direction he's walking. He's walking by sight what he sees, not by faith in what God has told him. And so he has consequences that comes into his life. It's a matter of progression. It, it goes from one thing to another. Walking by sight always bringing forth undesired consequences. That little walk by sight, by the way, in David's life brought an abundance of undesired consequences. Bathsheba had a child. David tries to cover it up, so he fails. So what does David do? He kills an innocent man. You can call what you want. You say, oh, well, he got killed in battle. No, David sent letters that said, make sure he gets killed in battle. David killed Uriah the Hittite. I don't think David in, in any other time would have wanted to kill Uriah. Uriah was one of his mighty men, a great valiant soldier. Bathsheba has the child. David tries to cover it up and he fails. So uh, Uriah, her husband, has been killed and the baby then dies. Another undesired consequence. 
The prophet of God comes to, to David and sticks his finger in his face and, and pronounces the judgment of God in, into David's life. Another undesired uh, a consequence. You don't want God to, to, to pronounce a, a judgment in your life. Another thing happens. That is, the, his son, Amnon, rapes his half-sister. You say, well, preacher, how does that deal into it? Because the Bible, or the, 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 the prophet of God said, the sword will never leave your house. It will devour your house, basically. You're going to have trouble in your home from now on because you took something that wasn't yours. Amnon rapes his half-sister. He took something that wasn't his. Absalom, which is the brother to the daughter, or to, to the one that Amnon raped, plots a, 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 a desire to kill Amnon, and he sets it up, and he kills Amnon. So now you've got a brother that's killing a brother over the rape of their sister. Undesired consequences. Absalom goes on the run. Leaves the kingdom. Finally, David brings him back. He begins to go through the streets and he's after something that's not his again. He's after the kingdom. So what does he do? He, he woos everybody to him. He gets Ahithophel, the, 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 the leading prophet uh, uh, that gives inquiry unto David. He gets him to follow him. Go look in the... In the uh, and find out who Ahithophel is related to. Bathsheba. He's an uncle to Bathsheba. And he knows what David did to Uriah the Hittite. So he goes with Absalom. David has to flee and take everybody except he leaves his concubines there. To take care of the house. Absalom takes all those concubines and sets up a tent up on top where everybody in town can see. And goes in unto all those concubines and makes it known that he's done it. Undesired consequences. Absalom goes out to destroy and to kill his father to take over the kingdom. So be it that Absalom gets his hair caught in a, in a tree and they kill Absalom. Another son is dead. David comes back and some are not following David anymore. An undesired consequence. You see what happened when he walked by sight and not by faith. Undesired consequences that follow us if we're not careful. It's all because David walked by sight and not by faith. He wasn't obeying the Lord and the word of God. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 and 8 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. My friend, realize the law of the harvest. There's undesired consequences. But could I come to a good part of this? And that is that David turns back to the Lord. David turns back and, and repented and begins to walk by faith again. The psalmist 
which is David, he writes in Psalms 51, Have mercy on, upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquities. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. He's come to a place where he's now admitting everything was sin and it was wrong that he sinned against God. They transgressed against the Lord. He says, uh, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight and thou, that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear, clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts shalt thou make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear the joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. David goes back to the Lord for forgiveness. And the Lord hears him and restores him. We preached about this Wednesday night. We have a God of second chances. God gave him a second chance. A God of second chances. Did it wipe away... The consequences? No. He still had to face all that. And actually, if you go and you begin to look at the Scripture, it was after this, after David had repented, that God said he was a man after his own heart. You see, but preacher, he did all this, I understand. And he had consequences because of it. But David also repented of his sin and turned to the Lord. And God forgave him and washed him clean and made him whiter than snow. Oh, those undesired consequences that come by the choices that we make, they're terrible. They can be very terrible in our lives and in the lives of those around us. The undesired consequences are bad enough for the, in the life of a Christian. But the undesired consequence of the law to don't receive Jesus Christ their Savior is so much worse. Because the Bible talks about being cast out into outer darkness where the fire is not quenched and where the worm dieth not. It's a place of torment forever and ever, never to be able to get out. What's, what is it, preacher? It's the consequences of rejecting Jesus Christ as your Savior. There's only one hope then. There's not a second chance once you're in hell. The only hope is now that a person turns to Jesus Christ and receives Him as Savior. So if we was to ask David, David, how do we walk by faith? As you look back at your life and as you look at what took place in your life and this incident with, with Bathsheba and how that you walked by sight and not by faith, then you got right with God and you got back on track and you could see it for what it really was. David, what would you tell us this morning at Calvary Baptist Church in Marshall, Missouri in, in 2021? What would you tell us as Christians? What is it that we need to be able to walk by faith and not by sight? I think one of the very first things you'd say 
Stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. Don't get on the sidelines. Stay faithful. Stay in there for the Lord. And, and don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable and thinking, well, things are too bad and I'm just going to enjoy life. No, he says, stay in the battle. Why? Why do we stay in battle? I'm going to, I'm going to show you something why we stay in battle. Brother, brother Jim, do you feel like staying up for a minute and walking? I don't. Come here a minute, if you can. How old are you, Brother Jim? 87. 87. How many years have you been saved? 62. 62 years. You know, it would be easy for Brother Jim to say, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy. But I know Brother Jim, and we visit quite often, and you know why he's still wanting to get the Word of God out, wanting to live for God and stay in the battle? Is it for him? Amen. Is it for him? Amen. Is it for him? Amen. Is it for her? Amen. Is it for her? Amen. Is it for her? Amen. Is it for Carl? Amen. Jesse? Amen. What about their little ones downstairs? Amen. What about some of these older folks in here? Maybe some that's just got saved in the past few years. Yes. See, it would be easy to get comfortable. But he's chosen to stay in the battle. Thank you, Brother Jim. Why? For this preacher. I need men like that staying in the battle. It encourages me. We've got to stay in the battle. It's not time to get comfortable. It's not time to become idle. David, what else? I think he'd say, put on and keep on the whole armor of God and continue to stand for the Lord. He said, get in that book and stay right. Put on the armor of God. Don't get comfortable in this old sinful world. It's not our home. Stay in the Word of God. Stay on your knees and keep a short account. You say, preacher, what's a short account? Well, basically, it's an old accounting term that we don't use so much anymore because we use credit cards. But used to, you would go to the, to the local grocery store someplace and, and maybe you didn't have the money and, and you'd say, put that on my account. And they would write down the amount of money that you owe. You go in there a couple of days later, you buy something else, you say, put it on my account. And they would put it on your account. And most people would do this. They would go in as soon as they got their money and they would pay that account off. They would keep a short account. Not letting it build up and build up and build up. I think David said, hey, listen, uh, stay on your knees and, and stay in the Word of God and, and keep a short account. Otherwise, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That's keeping the short account. And cleanses from all unrighteousness. It's paid with the blood of Jesus Christ. We keep a short account. We don't let that sin stack up and stack up and stack up and stack up before we come to the Lord. No, he said, keep a short account. David, what else? What should we do to walk by faith and not by sight? Keep a song of God and victory in your heart. Keep on singing. There's something about a song of praise in your heart. There's something about a song of singing and lifting up God. 
that just does something that keeps your focus where it ought to be. What else, David? Keep praising God. Keep talking about how good He is. Keep thinking about how good He is. Keep giving Him honor and glory. Obey the Bible and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Then I think He'd say, when the temptations come, flee to the arms of God. He didn't... He's going to say, they're going to come, and you're going to look around. He said, when you do, he said, run, run. Flee means to run. He didn't say, walk over to the arms of God. He said, flee. Why, David, should we do those? And I think he looked at every once and he'd say, Because walking by sight and not by faith. And remember, walking by faith is obeying the Word of God, trusting the Lord above whatever you feel, think, or what anybody says. Because if you don't, if you walk by sight, there's undesired consequences. And they're perpetual. They keep on coming. David experienced them perpetually. They kept on coming. Until David got on his face in Psalms 51. The damage had been done, but David got on his face and he repented. That means there's hope for all of us at all times. At any time. And God said, He's a man after my own heart. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. We love you. Lord, help us to turn our hearts to you. Help us not to walk by sight, but help us to walk by faith. The temptations are real, the temptations are around us. Help us, Lord, when the temptations are seen to flee to run to the arms of God, to draw nigh to you that you'll draw nigh to us. Lord, I pray that even in our lives, Lord, yes, there's consequences that each of us have probably already faced because of things that help us, Lord, to make sure that we've got it under the blood, that we've confessed it, made it right, that you would be glorified and help us to walk by faith and not by sight. Help us to stay in the battle. Others need us to stay in the battle. We need to stay in the battle. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning?